My name is Brithy Bansal Branch. I'm a Principal Associate in the Commercial and Projects team at Shoesmith. Hello, my name is Rita Sheikh and I'm a paralegal in the Financial Services sector at Shoesmiths. Welcome to the ShoePod sessions. The purpose of these sessions is to help our listeners understand the key components of a commercial contract. Today's topic on our journey through a contract is modern slavery. You may have seen references and contracts to the Modern Slavery Act of 2015 and wonder what it's doing there and how it applies to you. So Preeti, what is modern slavery and why was the Modern Slavery Act introduced? Well, Rita, sadly, there are more than 20 million people in the world who are believed to be the victims of modern slavery, which is the severe exploitation of other people for personal or commercial gain. And it covers things like slavery or servitude, forced labour and even human trafficking and goes beyond this too. It's something we hear about on the news far too often, and these problems have only been exacerbated as a result of the pandemic. But the Act was introduced because there was a growing concern that companies were perhaps turning a blind eye to what was going on in their supply chains when it comes to modern slavery, concentrating on the bottom line rather than the ethics of how to get there. And so the introduction of the Act was a way to combat this problem and ensure that businesses are taking appropriate action to make sure that this isn't part of their business or supply chains in any way. It ensures that businesses can't absolve responsibility for something nasty happening within their supply chain. So Rita, tell me a bit more about why we need to think about modern slavery for the purposes of today's podcast. How does it fit into the context of a contract? Today's podcast journey is to talk you through the role of modern slavery clauses and contracts and to really be able to understand the wider connection this clause can have. It ties in not only commercially within contracts, but has a huge human rights influence and it's growing awareness within the financial services sector, which we'll shortly touch upon. To start off with, I think it's really important we look at this from the very start to see why awareness is given to modern slavery within contracts. And the simple answer to this is that large businesses should be held accountable for individuals engaged throughout the supply chains and the inclusion of a modern slavery clause into a contract brings the party's attention to the fact that they are bound by the requirements of the Act. And what are the requirements, Rita? Well, the Act requires all commercial organisations carrying on a business or part of its business in the UK, those businesses with a global turnover of £36 million or more, and which supplies goods or services to publish an annual slavery and human trafficking statement, setting out the steps they have taken to ensure that their supply chains are free from slavery and human trafficking. The statement must be approved at board level and it must be signed by a director and also published on the company's website with a link to the statement from the homepage. And we know that investors and shareholders are homing in on this too because they can be directly affected by non-compliance through the imposing of fines. They want to know that the businesses that they're investing in have carried out proper due diligence on the suppliers that they use. So it's, it's simply no excuse to say we weren't aware of this happening in our supply chain, even if that supplier is doing business at arm's length, as it could ultimately have an impact on a business's reputation or share price. The use of modern slavery clauses is key to articulating these expectations in commercial contracts. Within that broad umbrella goal of setting standards and expectations, we are seeing these clauses being used to achieve an array of objectives. 
These objectives are pursued through a number of contractual clauses, and we'll quickly touch on these now. Preeti, over to you. Thanks, Rita. So the first practical thing that businesses can do to comply with the Act is to include provisions in their supplier agreements to ensure that their suppliers comply with all legal requirements of the Act which is why you see these clauses in a contract. Modern slavery-specific policies should also be put in place if they aren't already, and supplier codes of conduct enhanced to ensure compliance. Not only is this good business sense, but it also triggers a comprehensive due diligence exercise. It shows how effective a business has been in complying with the requirements of the Act, and it makes it imperative for suppliers to be transparent about their practices and for customers to get clear visibility of what's down the line. And of course, there's new legislation being considered at the moment to establish minimum standards of transparency in supply chains in relation to modern slavery and human trafficking, and also to prevent company using supply chains which fail to demonstrate minimum standards of transparency. So the repercussions of non-compliance are fines and criminal offences, so it is really serious. But how are these issues addressed contractually? Well, I would expect to see disclosure obligations imposed on the supplier and contracts in order to achieve what you've just described and to provide information to the customer relating to labour and human rights practices. Absolutely. And these disclosure obligations can be as simple as the supplier providing written notice if it becomes aware of a suspected breach. And don't forget your warranties and indemnities to give the customer further protection. Obviously, however, if you're a supplier, you want to avoid these. And you mentioned the financial services sector as well, Reader. How does that angle play into this? So the risk within the FS sector is that many institutions may be connected to several hundreds or even thousands of companies directly through their corporate lending or investment portfolios. And those companies in turn may be connected to many more in supply chains. With each investment, investors, lenders and other stakeholders are exposing themselves to modern slavery risks as capital that is lent or invested may be contributing directly or indirectly to modern slavery. Again, the ways in which businesses could make an impact is if we monitor conduct, sufficient due diligence inquiries and understand the risks. These could help in the attempt to tackling modern slavery through commercial contracts. Yeah, but there's no one size fits all for managing the risk of modern slavery within clauses is there, but there are multiple ways for organisations to understand the options and to tailor contractual provisions according to commercial context on a case-by-case basis. Well, we've come to the end of today's session. We hope you found it informative. Of course, if you need any assistance in any aspect of law that we have touched on today, please don't hesitate to get in touch with either Reader or myself, and we'd be very happy to help. From Reader and myself, thank you very much for listening. Thank you.